It is, uh, yeah, sometimes I'll just do like a Final Fantasy XII search and, oh, look at this great fan out. Oh, wow, that's, that's very hardcore pornography. Oh, look at that cool fran, <laughs> fran picture. Welcome, everybody, to Episode 5 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG fan music podcast. I'm here today with a very special guest. We have Casey Ormond. Hello. Thanks for having me again. For those of you who don't know, Casey is a fantastic pianist. We've interviewed him on Random Encounter before. Uh, He's responsible for not only the Valkyria Chronicles Piano Pieces album, but also the Final Fantasy XII Piano Collections album. Those are both outstanding albums, so be sure to listen to them and support Casey's work. It's great. Tell everyone how much you love it. Anyways, send me messages on Twitter about it. Yes. Give me, give me an ego boost, please. Again, Casey Ormond on Twitter. We're not shills at all. Since I forgot to introduce myself last time, I'm Stephen Myring, Taylor's on the boards, and my co-host is with me today as well. I'm Derek Heemsberg, and I'm Embryon on the boards, and I guess it's my turn to talk, isn't it? Yeah. So we're going to start off the show like we always do today. We're going to go over some of the recent reviews that we've done. So the first thing that we're going to have you guys listen to today is from the Final Fantasy XI Music Box Adventures album. It was a little mini promo album that was distributed uh, to people who pre-ordered the latest expansion, Seekers of Adeline, uh, the other soundtrack, which I also reviewed. So the track that I picked from this is Whispers of the Gods. It's probably my favorite song on the Final Fantasy XI, I want to say soundtrack, but... Of all the soundtracks of Final Fantasy XI, Whispers of the Gods is my favorite composition. So this is just a pleasant little tinkly music box arrangement of that song. So crank that key and give it a listen. Whispers of the Gods.
It's a pleasant little track. It always reminds me of the, or at least the original composition reminds me of the first time I heard it, which was at the Final Fantasy Fan Fest, I want to say 2007. We were in this uh, tent on the Santa Monica Pier, and we were learning about all the new stuff in Treasures of Argon, the upcoming expansion at the time. And at the very last day of the Fan Fest, they were like, all right, we're going to reveal the final new job. So they, they cut to footage of this zone, Idiwa Subterrain, which is where this music plays. And then they showed this little tiny puppet running all across the landscape. And everybody's like, what? What is that? Is that a Taru Taru? What? And then they, it finally gets all close up to the camera and they wave. And it was like, the new job is Puppet Master. And then I was like the only person in the world that cared, I guess, because <laughs> I'm still a Puppet Master in Final Fantasy XI, um, which I, I'm not playing. <clears throat> I'm totally playing it. But anyway, th- that song, Whispers of the Gods, plays in that zone. So I have a pleasant memory associated with it. And I think it's a nice composition. I think that the music box kind of detracts from it a little bit. I, I'm not very familiar with the FF11 soundtrack, but that that was quite nice. Yeah, it said just very pleasant. I think not having heard the original, I was kind of into the nice, calm music box style. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it too. Uh, I don't think the music box is really my my jam, as as the kids would say. But it's I, I definitely enjoyed the arrangement, and it certainly was you know it, it's a nice new thing for them to do with the 11s. Uh, music, just since they've done so much Final Fantasy XI music, uh, it's nice to hear a different spin on it. Yeah, Although it a whole album of um, music box is an interesting choice. It's it's a little it's a little tiring. Yeah, like I said in the review, it's it's five tracks long, but I mean, you listen through the five tracks and you're like, okay, no more music box for a while. <laughs> well, anyways, so our next track, we're gonna talk about Siyoshi Sekito released an album uh, last month called Guitar Works, and it's just a collection of guitar arrangements of various Square Enix musicians. You have Kenji Ito, Nobue Matsu, from the whole span of Square Enix's history. And uh, Neil Chandran reviewed this one, actually. And he's a huge fan of Sekito, and I, I am too. He does a lot of great guitar works, haha. And I've actually never heard the original soundtrack from the track we've picked, which is Ardent Rhythm from Romancing Saga Minstrel Song. But I was really struck by this track. Up next is Ardent Rhythm from Tsuyoshi Sekito's Guitar Works. I was saying while we were recording, it reminds me of like something you'd hear in a fight scene slash dance scene in a Zorro movie where everybody's wearing masks and just like dancing around trying to stab each other. I don't, I don't know. And it, it would be a fight and dance scene at the same time. Yeah, like he'd be dancing with some total babe, and then like at, every time like he moved off to the side, he'd be like stabbing guys or something. That's a pretty amazing visual, actually. It's what I heard in my head. But the the vocals are pretty interesting for for a song like that. For it's a it's a battle theme. Is it? For, 
Yeah, so it's like to. I mean, there are vocals in some battle themes, and sometimes they work really well, Persona Three and Four. But to hear like a really wild voice like that without lyrics necessarily, just sort of singing, it's different. Um, it's good. It's um not so much flamenco, more of like a rocky kind of feel. I thought. But yeah, a nice, nice kind of fusion of those two styles. Reminded me a bit of Gerudo Valley, that kind of driving uh, yes. Spanish kind of flavor. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, I dug it too. Derek, going to hit us with our last track? We've got the uh, Agorist War Two vocal mini album, which was reviewed also by Neil Chandran. Neil was a big fan of that album. Yes, so I know that he's he's been like a big advocate of the game's music on our site as well. A lot of people didn't really give that game a chance myself included i i got it and i just it didn't really jive with me but the music is is pretty good from what i've heard so this is from a small album that had some vocal tunes based on the game and the track that we selected is senko no kanata a comp yozuka chokeks and vocals by kana asumi and marina inoue so let's romance it song that we just listened to ardent rhythm that had kind of an ethnic flavor it felt uh very there was like an irish jig in the melody that i picked up with a you know the typical japanese wacky vocals thrown in 
but I think that was one of Neil's favorite songs on the on the album. And I don't mean to to discredit it or anything, but it's a lively song. I don't know that it's something that I really want to listen to a lot. But um, is this the song that plays? It's sort of like the intro movie of the game. I don't think so. No. Oh. Um. But yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm not a big fan of this kind of song. This kind of JRPG rock thing. It's nice they have the sort of little. Like you said, the Irish flavor in it, but um, yeah, it it's kind of it sounds a bit generic to me, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's how I describe it too. No, I totally agree with you guys. I I, I have a, kind of a love hate relationship with JRPG vocal themes because there are some that I just adore. Like I really like the Kingdom Hearts ones. Yet maybe it's because I don't really particularly care for these games or whatever it is. But like with the Atelier games and with basically all the Idea Factory games, I just I can't get into those vocal themes. They they feel a little bit too. I don't know, mass produced, I guess. Yeah, I, I feel the same way about it. It's a lot of the stuff, like, mm. as much as they're a good company and everything, but like a lot of the stuff that NIS America put, puts out have these, like, really sugary, you know, like, sort of, uh, I don't know, like, stereotypical lowbrow anime stuff. If, I, I mean, that sounds mean, but there's a lot of tripey anime stuff out there, and I just, it's like, oh, it's yeah. so moe. And that's that's what I think of when I hear that kind of music. I'm just like, yeah, this totally is kind off. of the theme song for that kind of stuff. So it sounds like we have a consensus. So it's a it's a unanimous eh. Yep. That's okay, because what we're going into next is unanimously not eh. So our topic today is the Evilese Alliance, which is, I think, a series that all three of us are very large fans of. We're going to be covering Final Fantasy Tactics, Vagrant Story, Tactics Advance, Final Fantasy XII, Advance 2, all of it. And... We've sort of picked a couple of our favorite tracks from each game. We're not doing a whole represent the entire game in this case, just because there's so much music in each one of these games that there's no way we get around to that. But we actually are going to let Casey have first pick of the tracks today, being the guest and all, and being the Ivelisse fan that you are. And personal friend and colleague of Sakamoto. Not bragging. (laughs) Okay, keep making us jealous. (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, I have a podcast. Me too. It's half mine. Uh, You're like, I'm on that too. I'll start a podcast with Saki. Okay, fine. You know what? Get off. Get off our show. Just remember who (laughs) let you guest on theirs, Wink. So anyways, uh, what tracks did you pick uh, that we'll start with, Casey? The first one I've got is Antidote from Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, So with the ones I chose for the show, I, um, I went to what I'm used to doing with analyzing music is I tend to like to talk about the the emotion and the context within the game and also the intent of the composer and that sort of thing. A little bit about the actual structure of the song as well, because, you know, that's an interesting way to look at it as well. Absolutely. Um, But what I did for this is I wrote, um, so I'd remember all the things I had to say, I wrote about a little paragraph on each one. So I'm going to read them. They're going to be kind of like, it's not going to be like that natural conversational style at first, because I've just written these like, tried to make a perfect paragraph like I did with them. Like on my albums, they said, oh, can you write some comments about each song? So I've kind of used that approach. Okay, great. Um, So you you did homework on like the rest of us. So you're the good student. I did. I've got a nice little essay here that I'm going to read off. So Antidote, Final Fantasy Tactics. All right. uh, So this theme plays, as far as I can remember, I haven't actually finished the game, but I did get up to this part of the game where the party's fighting a pack of thieves on this snowy rooftops. Uh, now, what this is, it's a beautiful combination of JRPG music tropes. It's a melancholic snow battle theme, a combination of those kind of things. Um, but it also represents the Ivalice tradition of juxtaposing beauty and danger. 
the best way to keep warm on a cold starlit night in Ivalice is to fight to the death. Um, as a composition, pretty much perfect. The song consistently builds in intensity while looping naturally. This track is a good example of why Tactics is considered to be Sakamoto's best work. The motifs he has written are very strong, and he experiments with them comfortably and masterfully. Antidote. Casey, those notes about the, the juxtaposition of danger and beauty are really apparent when you listen to it. And, and I'm really glad that you said that because it prepared me to listen to it and sort of gave it a new spin. And, you know, I was able to approach it with a new mindset. And I love doing that with music. I love it when, when I can look at it a different way or like understand it because of, a, a, of the context that the song is played in. That's why a lot of the times I don't like to listen to music for games before I actually play the game, just because I want to be able to hear it in that moment and then be able to associate that. Because I think that it enhances it a lot. But, you know, I've heard this song before. It's been a long time. So your comments are really valuable. So, uh, yeah, that's a, it's a cool song. And you're spot on there, Casey. Absolutely. I, I was kind of sitting there like, wow, this is really interesting as you were talking. <laughs> and for me, Tactics is the second Final Fantasy I ever played. I bought it after I had bought a PlayStation. I, 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 was, I had played 7. I loved it. I got Tactics. I, I was just enamored with it. And it was for however old I was. I think I was like 8 or something. Tactics was just beyond me. Like I loved it, but okay. I didn't know what was going on. And yeah. I played it so much that that track, it, it plays in certain scripted fights, but it also plays during certain random fights. So, I mean, I know these tracks like like the back of my hand, like my name. So it really was interesting to listen to it with what you had said in mind and kind of get a different flavor for it, exactly what Derek said. Now, I'm a little different. I As soon as a game that I want is coming out and the soundtrack is out, I will get the soundtrack before the game and just listen to it ad nauseum until I, you know i go to the game and i'm like yes this song is great uh, yeah. i haven't been here yet but i i've done that too with the persona soundtracks and the soundtrack for ff12 i was so eager to get the game that i ordered the soundtrack and then just tortured myself by listening to it over and over again and going i wonder what happens when this song plays <laughs> and it's yeah it drives you crazy <laughs> It does, but it, for me, it's it's kind of like part of the anticipation for me. Like, I did the same thing when I was I was kind of cultish when Kingdom Hearts 2 came out. So when, when the soundtrack came out in Japanese, I remember, like, when the first footage was coming out, I was, like, watching these terrible, like, webcam videos of people playing it going, that song sounds so cool. Oh, I wonder what's happening. Yeah. I do the same thing, even though I... Like I, I guess that goes against what I just said, but I, I do get really excited about it. Like the, like the Shin Megami Tensei 4 stuff. 
Oh man! I keep watching those trailers for like the twenty seconds of boss music. I'm like, yeah, it sounds so cool. Like, and then that's all I get. And then I listen to it again. But I think I think that that can also enhance it in its own way. The anticipation of wanting to actually hear it in the game. I just did it with the Adeline soundtrack before I got the actual game for FF11 Adeline. I, I got the music and reviewed it first. And I think that's sort of the that that happens now. You know incidentally because we're reviewing soundtracks before the games come out sometimes so mm. but both approaches have their merit i think yeah it's nice to get a very first taste of the game world in in the music for me that's definitely my one of my it's one of my favorite parts of games if not my favorite so that's it's just part of how i consume the game but another thing that's wonderful is a track that i would these are two tracks actually i would not ever ever claim to do a final fantasy tactics related podcast or uh, anything and not talk about the first battle theme in the game, Tri-Section, which could also be called Look at Those Guys Marching in Place Section, and the Shop Theme, which is what we're going to be listening to next. Tri-Section is just, it's Final, I, I say this a lot, but it's because it's true. This is Final Fantasy Tactics to me, just right when that cutscene ends and everybody starts marching in place and it's timed so well with the song. I don't know if Sakimoto knew that was how it was going to play out. Maybe not, because it plays in other battles, too. But, man, it's just perfect. And then the shop theme is just, it makes you want to spend money. I'm glad they don't play it in real stores, because I would just run in and throw money at people. But anyways, we've got both by Hitoshi Sakimoto, uh, Trisection and Shop from Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, I mean, I've pretty much said everything I could say about Trisection. It just it it really matches the pace and the flow of the battles in that game really well, I think. And again, the way it starts with the marching of your characters is just so appropriate because your characters don't all march at the same time. They kind of slowly fade into everybody marching, and it it just really feels like they're revving up for a fight. It's an interesting like 
because that should look really silly. But <laughs> when Sakamoto's amazing score starts, it's just like, oh, this is serious. This is going to be, you know, a cool game. It is a really nice first impression for the game. With old, with like Shining Force, that was my first exposure to strategy RPGs, and they did the same thing. They marched in place. So when I used to play pretend outside with my friends, we'd be like, all right, I'm the main guy in Shining Force. Now you have to walk in place. <laughs> so, so that was uh, when I saw that in Final Fantasy Tactics, I was like, yes, they kept that. And, they get and I the... agree that Sakimoto's music lends such a dramatic flavor to it. And uh, Tactics is amazing. There's so much in that game that, like the character designs and and yeah, the where it, it looks almost like like the little figurines or or toys or something, but it still manages to be a story and a world with so much weight to it. It's, uh, yeah, obviously the music is a huge um, contributor to that. You said exactly what I was thinking. That's always been part of what really appeals about that game to me. Is it looks so innocent at a glimpse but then there's so much i mean you look at these little sprites that they're so friendly looking and then in the next scene one of them stabbing another one and like some guy's sister's getting shot and blown up and there's so much much... i do love the detail of the sprites like like just small little gestures that they put in oh yeah absolutely Ramza's father is dying on the deathbed and he holds his hand out and Ramza grabs his hand it's like little things where you know you don't expect that to come from sprites to have these sort of like they would have only made that animation for that scene but yeah it's just that completely agree. detail completely that agree. Matsuno games have that's yeah that's I, I I I had I had noticed that but never really considered it that's a a really great point especially that scene i love that but i think you're right it's it's kind of a i don't know where i'm going with it it's good for me the the whole uniqueness of animations that's something that i actually look for in games a lot like you know how in in uh, older games like an snes and genesis rpgs you could tell when there was something like that was going to happen during an event scene because there would be like a flower pot that was a different color than the rest of the flower pots yeah. on the shelf or like you know like a bush that well, had a, like different uh, coloring on it or di- like different marks, and so I feel like mm-hmm. like those kinds of things always lent uniqueness. And so when I see like when you see an animation that's only used in one scene, you're like, oh, that's so cool! They made it just for that scene, and well, it, it makes it mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. more impact. It's like in Fantasy Star Four. We just talked about this series. I'm sorry, but in Fantasy Star Four, there's a side quest where one of your characters is trying to. There's this real this kid who's really upset, and so you show up and you're like a hunter and you're like this badass hero. And there are unique sprites for your character doing moves with the sword that are used nowhere else in the game. And it it, it, it makes that scene kind of speak to you, you know, because you're like, wow, this is like, I, I didn't even see this when he's fighting the bad guy. Mm. It's always great when developers put detail into those storytelling situations rather than like the example I always see is how like in Skyrim that you can examine like a shield and all the detail on the, on a shield and the patterns and everything. But then you wonder, instead of doing that, they could have programmed a few more animations or or something with the characters. I think that it's always better when the focus is put on the expression of the characters and then the storytelling, but it's not something you see a lot in modern games. And so it's quite surprising to see it in an older game like Tactics that they would actually think of doing that sort of stuff. I could yeah. not agree more with that or your example. I don't want to mm-hmm. weigh our pace down, but we also we did listen to Shop. Shop is great. But I, I used to literally sit in the shop. Like if I had to do homework, I'd, I'd be sitting there like with my PlayStation on in the background. I'd be doing my homework. Like, bum, 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 bum. But anyways, I think you picked our next track, Casey. Yes, another one from FF Tactics. Uh, Battle on the Bridge. Okay. Uh, this is another example of Sakamoto's mastery of his themes in Tactics. In this song, two of the most recognizable and important musical themes are played against each other as if they are trading blows. 
It's an invigorating, intense piece that amplifies the climactic point of the game where it appears. Now, this next part actually is what we're, kind of what we were talking about. This is another reason why the tactic soundtrack is the best. The music is in no way background music. The music feels very present. It is there to accentuate points in the story, much like a cinematic score. Yet, miraculously, the music can do this while being on a loop, as per the video game standard. Uh, side note, this would make an absolutely killer piano arrangement. Wink, wink. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wonder who could do that. Wink. All right, Battle on the Bridge, Final Fantasy it. Tactics. On the bridge, my favorite battle theme from Final Fantasy Tactics. What do you guys think? And mine as well. It's it's the ahead. one that I remember the most, other than Trisection. Because Trisection is what I think of immediately, just because it's the first song that plays, so it's probably been in my head the longest. But uh, mm-hmm. Battle on the Bridge is probably my favorite, and I immediately think of the waterfalls and that that scene uh, with yeah. Delita and Ovelia. And I remember being stuck on that fight too, because it was a it was a hard one, if I recall. But I was also dumb when I played that game for the first time, so that <laughs> may have been were. part of it. I. Yeah. I, I really like that one, too. It's one of my favorites in the game. I don't know if I can say it's my favorite, because I, I have, like, a three-way tie between that, Trisection, Apoplexy, Antipyretic. That's, these aren't That's a four-way. And, four-way. and there's also Run Pass Through the Planes. I love all the Five. battle themes in that game. It's, all right, so it's not a three-way tie. It is definitely one of my top favorite battle themes in that game. I always think of that scene with Delita when he's, like, got, her, got the princess behind him, and he's like, they have another one of those unique animations where he's got, like, got his hand behind him, and he's like, no, she's mine. Uh, that's exactly what I'm thinking of when I, when I hear that song. Like, and he's got literally that, awesome, that exact animation. And he's got and that gold cool. armor. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, good good pick, Casey. That one is a solid track. Yes. The final track today from Final Fantasy Tactics actually isn't one from the original soundtrack. This is from a brand new album called World 1-2, released by the Game Chops record label. And it's only a few days old, actually, at this point. So it's really apropos to the discussion we're having The album has uh, arrangements from a lot of famous game composers and arrangers, musicians that have a lot of talent, like Benjamin Briggs, uh, Akira Yamaoka, Danimal Cannon. And the track that we picked today is by, I believe the name is House, H-A-L-C, and he remixed Trisection. 
the version of the song is called dub section and it's not quite the same dubstep that you would expect it's not really like that modern day dubstep that's got the huge drop but it's got an interesting twist on it and there's a reason why steven likes this song especially which we'll discuss when we get back take a listen to dub section section that was cool that wasn't what i was expecting it's i believe seven you said that you like the kind of genesis sounding synths on there it sounded a bit like a sonic the hedgehog level i thought it sounded like final fantasy tactics zone i would buy that it game. was a sonic level everything's kind of like a grid 
Oh. Yeah, I really I, I like that a lot. That was the first thing I said when I heard it because I, I I was writing a paper and I had the album on in the background. I was listening to it through Bandcamp, and so I'm just listening, I'm listening, and then all of a sudden it comes on, and I don't notice that it's Tactics right away. The the song that I have just gotten done telling you that I just have memorized, Trisection. Instead, I go, "Ha, that sounds like the Genesis bass," <laughs> and. It does, but I, I also think it's a really cool, like, it's very different from what I would expect out of an arrangement of that track. But it works. It works really well. Yeah, it's. I also didn't, if if you wouldn't have told me, or if there wouldn't have been a title on the track, I may not have recognized it as Trisection immediately, because it's pretty far removed, but it's still clearly a remix of that song. It just takes a, a different style that I did not expect, but it, it worked out well for it. I like that it didn't have, I found a lot of dubstep, has the big bass drop, and, and it's that kind of epic movie trailer sound that I don't like. But this it's, one, it was more restrained. It was more like it's, you could still hear the nice exactly. melody and there's a nice variety in it as well. Yeah, when I think dubstep, I just think like I'm, I'm listening through a dubstep song waiting for that drop to happen. And then it's just like this really cacophonous, like how much sound can we fit into two seconds kind of thing. I think there are tracks that I do like the drop in if, if it's done with some restraint. You know, but then there are other times where you have this really wonderful song they're playing, and all of a sudden it's like, and then and you're supposed to go, oh man, and you're supposed to mind, but the trouble is everyone's doing it. Yeah, I I think that you guys hit the nail on the head there. Well, we're moving on to our next game, which is another equally well beloved title, Vagrant Story. For the longest time, uh, I haven't actually played a lot of Vagrant Story. I made it to the same boss fight every time, and then could never finish it. It's this phantom who I do, like, one damage to, and I didn't, under- again, I was younger, so I was like, I'll just keep hitting him endlessly, because I can chain, because I'm awesome, and then my risk is, like, max, and he hits me once and kills me, so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but th- this is another title that I think Sakimoto gets a lot of credit for the really solid work done in here, and I, I think it's very well deserved. It's It's very atmospheric, and there are a lot of longer tracks that I wanted to include, but they were, like, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten minutes, like the Greylands Climax incident and stuff. But so the, the two we're going to start with are the opening movie track, because when I first saw that, I was like, this is like medieval Metal Gear or something. And Undercity, which is just another really cool area track that I think just it, it really en- encapsulates the game very well. So opening movie and Undercity.
Yeah, the first thing I said about Undercity is that it's so creepy, but it also reminds me of uh, Hedwig's, or not Hedwig's theme, but that the, one of the tracks from the original Harry Potter, that like, just that very like twangy, bow, bow, bow. kind of classic uh, movie score kind of sound for like a creepy scene. Yeah, and I, I think you even said a lot of the music in Vagrant Story is uh, set up to go with cutscenes because that game is very cinematic. Derek, what did you call it? Medieval Gear Solid. Yeah. <laughs> From again, I haven't finished it, but that was the vibe I got almost instantly. That it was like this technical medieval espionage action. Yep. And I think Undercity, Ashley, Ashley, Ashley. Oh, I see what you did there. But yeah, it, it, it's really uh, with Undercity. I like that it, it's very creepy, and then it kind of it reminds me of the. Uh, I think we said it was the Forgotten Capital, the Necrohall of Nabudish from Final Fantasy XII. Just you have this really creepy background, kind of atmospheric, but also there's a little bit of a melody there, and you have, like, around a minute, you have those creepy voice, like, almost voices in the background that are like, Wah. In the game, it's kind of a, um, the first song, bef- before then, the background music in the game has been mainly atmospheric, like my, the Catacombs, which we'll play next, is, is what I'm talking about, but Undercity in the game is kind of the first time where there's a song with more of a theme, and there's got this, the whole area's got this creepy blue light, and it's kind of it's it's almost like this well it's called undercity it's almost like it's this sort of little district where the dead creatures you know go about their creepy lives so yeah it's a really nice evocative piece an opening movie i wanted to say is i just reminded me of how good sakamoto is at overture style things like the opening movies you mentioned the opening of tactics uh ff12 especially that's an amazing opening theme oh yeah it's really great at establishing all of his themes and getting you really excited for what's to come so you said a lot of the the themes that come back later in the game are in opening movie the main one yes the da, 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 that that theme that's um, that's so cool yeah. i i really love it i've always said that osaki moto sometimes i have a hard time immediately going oh i love that one track but then when i go and listen to it i'm like this is all so good i think i even said that when we interviewed you about the the piano collection album that i was playing 12 again at the time and i was just blown away by i'm like i don't I don't, I don't tell myself, like if I'm going about my daily business, I don't, if someone said, pick an awesome soundtrack, off the top of my head, I wouldn't say 12, but then when I go back, I keep going, man, there's so much good stuff in here. And I think part of it is because they are so cohesive in terms of him bringing back themes and keeping things, you know, it, it feels like you're playing yeah. something that's very, a cohesive unit. Plus the reason you might not say, well, yeah, I mean, if I was to recommend just a Final Fantasy soundtrack, I might not necessarily choose 12 first, but if I would recommend a game, I would choose 12 because the music with the Sakamoto's music with Matsuno's games is kind of the best way to experience that music because it's so intertwined with the experience um obviously listening to any soundtrack you can sort of get flashbacks of the game but um you really need to immerse yourself in in the music and playing the game and listening to the music is kind of the best way to experience it sakimoto is a composer that that has a a really good sense of vision whenever he composes the soundtrack so 
oh, like yeah. you said, you can you can hear those recurring motifs throughout the soundtrack when they're used in things like the opening movie. Every time you hear a, a snippet of it in a later song, you know, it's very planned, it's very precise, and it lends mm. a lot to the atmosphere of the game. And that's one of his greatest strengths as a, as a composer. He's pretty awesome. So, Casey, you had mentioned the next track. The next track from Vagrant Story. Uh, this one, I got a little carried away with the imagery. So here we go. Please do. Okay, Catacombs. Uh, this theme appears in the first few hours of Vagrant Story. After the action-packed introduction of the game, the player must wander through the eerie, echoing catacombs of Leomond. I feel like this song is the theme of Leomond, much like a character theme. The first loping, dissonant chords sound like the breathing of a giant entity you don't dare to awaken, which is in fact what Leomond is, as the game later reveals, a forgotten, slumbering wellspring of dark power. As the game unfolds, this power becomes increasingly agitated by the presence of the main characters, as does the music. But in this early part of the game, Sakamoto expertly conveys the unease, stillness, and great weight of the cursed city with a harmonically complex string arrangement. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> and I, I can't wait to listen. I am trained in the arts, after all. Yeah, well. It's a, I'm trained it's, it's in a, flowery language. Yeah, it's a dark piece, but I've never, I've never wanted to listen to a dark piece more. I, I'd let you read to me any day. So let's. Please do. You can read to me while we listen to Catacombs.
That was Catacombs, which another thing I like about it is its length. It's four and a half minutes long without looping, and it goes through a number of different moods. It starts off very foreboding, and then it gets a bit more spacious. It's a good oral example of some of the details that you might miss when you first play through a Matsuno game, and when you actually stop and savor things like the design of a room or the songs like these songs, then that's part of the Ivelisse experience, I think, is stopping and looking or stopping and listening and then you can really get some find some really interesting things. I was definitely the song was something I didn't appreciate when I first played the game, but then when I played it again when I was older and was actually able to play the game and not get murdered by everything, then this is just one of those things that really helped the experience. I think that's definitely important with Vagrant Story because when I played it, I didn't really notice the music other than the opening movie very much either. Because I was so busy going, oh my god, I'm going to die. Yeah, exactly. I definitely, uh, listening to it now, I'm just struck by how much it does with so little, especially for the first, you know, 30, 40 seconds of the track, is just, we even all said, we we, all of us kind of heard the first five seconds for a minute, and we were like, oh, that's creepy, or oh, that's foreboding. And that's Mm. with five seconds, that's just that one sound, and it's... just Yeah, just that one chord that just kind of breathing in and out, it's so good. Breathing is a great way to put it. I, I think it's just, I think there's beauty in the simplicity of it. And it's one of the reasons why, again, sometimes you can't, you won't immediately say, oh, Sakimoto, that's, that's an awesome soundtrack. But when you sit down and go to like appreciate this music, there's so much there and it's so dense that it's. They're a lot more sophisticated than your average game melody where you, where you can't immediately pick out like, oh, yep, this is the one that goes do, 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 do. It's like you have to sit there and actually process the entire song a lot of the time before you mm. really get, you know, the, the entirety of the, the intended weight or whatever emotion he was trying to convey. So that's a, that's exactly, a good example yeah. of that. Really everything that Sakimoto does is an example of that, but that's a song they're not that always, I, they're, they're not always earworms, but they do have a lot of like and also that song still sounds good even though it's you know whatever playstation sound software it still sounds so rich and real even though it's not a live orchestra or anything absolutely i agree it it paints a a vivid picture too it's aptly named catacombs when i when i hear that i think of catacombs or something very like castlevania like dark gothic gloomy that that kind of sensibility so it's even better in the game when you hear these echoes of bats and, and you know skeleton bones going in the background i need to play this again i i've barely played it i really need to get on that now that i'm able to understand it, i gotta play it again too so for our last two tracks of vagrant story one of them is a track i picked which is great cathedral attic which again i won't say too much about it now but and then also uh the minotaur theme which uh rob steinman the host of random encounter our regular podcast picked uh he's a huge fan of vagrant story and this was a track that i again i haven't made it far enough in the game so i don't think i ever fought this this particular character or this boss battle, I don't know if it was used more than once, but it's a really catchy battle theme. So we got coming up next is Great Cathedral Attic and Minotaur.
There's a good contrast between those two songs, Great Cathedral Attic and Minotauros. The Great Cathedral Attic has like a lighter kind of an ethereal sound. It plays, it sounds like something that would play in, oh, I don't know, a cathedral. Whereas uh, Minotauros is a lot more of a, I, I would say like a typical Sakimoto battle theme. It's quick tempo, but it's still kind of dark and it imparts that sense of danger. But I really like the way that the, the, the two tracks played against each other, how different they were. Yeah, There's a lot of, um, most of the Vagrant story is punctuated by these there's a lot of boss fights and it's punctuated by these really difficult fights and the music always steps up to that like you had this foreboding music and then the boss fight comes along and then sakimoto just just punches it up and you get these really great battle themes like minotaurus so that's that's that was actually what i was going to point out as well is that with a lot of the tracks we've played under city catacombs cathedral attic it's very kind of it, it sets a mood and then you get up to this point and all this tension is building and then you have the boss fight and that's why i i applaud rob's choice of this because it was a great contrast between the rest of it and just to show that th- that game has a really good use of sound to control the emotions of the player definitely so casey would you like to introduce the next title yes we're going on to final fantasy tactics advance now now this is actually this game was the first, actually no, Vagrant Story was the first game I played that had um, Sakamoto's music, and I was kind of too young to really get into it. But then I got Tactics Advance, which was a simpler, easier version of Tactics and a much brighter soundtrack, and it was actually my entry point into his music. So I've got here, this is uh, Companions That Surpass Their Races. This is one of the battle themes. So like I said, the uh, Tactics Advance soundtrack was my entry point to Sakamoto, and this song was my first impression of his music. So I actually thought that Sakamoto wrote this kind of happy, you know, adventurous music when it was actually only one facet of what he did. Um, This is a battle theme, but instead of a life-and-death feel, there's a call to adventure. In the world of Tactics Advance, combat has been turned into a game, with judges and penalty cards. 
and Sakamoto commits to this lighter version of Ivelisse with a buoyant, playful, and adventurous soundtrack. This track lifts the listener up and moves organically from one exciting musical idea to the next, and it's one of my all-time favorites. I've called that song in the past to my friends the trisection of Tactics Advance. It, it's not it's not as intense as trisection, but you're right. It's it's got a sense of like advent, like impending adventure to it, and it always makes me think of the battles in that game because that that whole tone is much more present in that in Tactics Advance. Yeah, it's the song like trisection is. It's the song that when you hear it, you're like, oh, I'm going to play that again straight away. I agree. You know, you, you, it makes you want to play the game straight away. Yeah, it sets the mood. And that was actually before we uh, recorded the show, we all picked the tracks that we wanted to hear and uh casey and i both selected that track it's it's one that we both like a lot and i say this often but i think it's probably for me that's the most iconic song of that game or one of the most iconic songs at least so so we're gonna um we've got a little bit more music from tactics advance that we want to play we're gonna play a block of three songs this time the first one is one that i picked which is tough battle and it's the full sound version so not the one that you would hear actually in the game but like a enhanced high fidelity version of it and then we're also going to play a place that we should return to which i think steven picked just because it sounds like a place i'll return to someday from ff9 i did and following that, we've got a nice arrangement of that same song, a place that we should return to. It's called the Invincible Version, and it comes from the Final Fantasy Tactics White Melodies album. So let's give those a listen.
I really like a place that we should return to, not because it's very similar to the place I'll return to someday from Final Fantasy IX, but it has kind of this really peaceful kind of end of the journey sort of thing. And really, the reason I like it is because of the White Melody version. We were saying the the White Melodies album isn't an album that I especially love, but I, I get such a like a Celtic, relaxed, acoustic, Chrono Cross vibe from the Invincible version from that album that I just, especially t- around like 2.30 when the drum ca- catches in, it just sounds like something you listen when you're like chilling on a, a hammock on the beach, drinking like a some kind of frosty beverage. Well, I should have known that if you weren't going to relate it to Final Fantasy IX, you'd relate it to Chrono Cross. I you're so too. predictable. It's a good song. I, I like it for the same reasons that you mentioned, actually. I felt like the uh, Invincible version played it a little bit safe. I mentioned to uh, Casey that I kind of tuned out a little bit while we were listening to it, but it's still good now that you mentioned that Chrono Crossy sort of Celtic vibe. That makes me want to listen to it again. Maybe I'll like it more. Yeah, there's a place for arranged albums that are more about relaxing. You know, there was um, the FF4 Celtic Moon. Is another one that comes to mind? Yeah, definitely. Yep. Where it's just uh, enjoying one kind of style. It's not as, you know, crazy and exciting, but it's still, it's cool that such a thing even exists, that you can have so many different interpretations. Yeah, and that's the beauty of video game music, is that every every user or every player has a different experience and interpretation, and they can present that to you if they have musical ability, like a really cool guy that's on our podcast right now. So I, I, lo- <laughs> I love me? What? I, no, I, didn't, I didn't know where you were going with that. I was like, oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, I didn't mean to. It just kind of just kind of came up in the middle of it. I was like, oh, this is a good chance to stroke his ego. Came up it organically. Is, <laughs> yep. it, it is a good point, though. But uh, to switch gears off of that, Tough Battle is another tough. really cool battle theme. It's it's tough. It's a battle. I mean, what's not to like? It's a pretty good it's a pretty good battle theme, I think. And uh, the full sound version has something over the GBA FM version. I I, I think that there's a place absolutely for FM style. Like this is another thing we were discussing is that sometimes we want to listen to that like crunchy old sort of like lo-fi music. And sometimes you want to listen to the opposite. So mm-hmm. I think sometimes um, your nostalgia kicks in and it has to be fed. Absolutely. Exactly. You to and that I, FM I don't base. think that the uh, GBA sound chip is one of the best out there. So I appreciate the full sound version a little bit more. Do you guys like it? I, I like that both exist, uh, especially in this case. I really like that Square did that with a lot of their DS and Game Boy Advance games because I, I agree with what you guys said that sometimes I want to hear the original sound. You know, sometimes I want to hear Yuzo Koshiro FM bass just wah, 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 wah. And then other times I want to hear, like, with Soul Sacrifice, just this incredible instrumentation. You know, I ha- I have a taste for both. It just depends on, you know, my mood. I'd just like to point out that I think once an episode so far, we're on episode five, and every episode we have attempted to emulate music with our voices, <laughs> and it has not worked. I really like the part where it goes... Durp, 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 Ex- wow, no. Wow. no, no, Casey did it earlier, and I actually said, wow, that actually sounded like what he was trying to talk about. Crap. Like I said, I'm trained. Yes. Yeah, yeah. well, get out of here with your actual trainedness. <laughs> My trained doopy doos. Yeah, I, I invite him. It's like we invite him to the podcast and we tell him to get off. Scumbag yeah. hosts. All right, let's move out of mini Evilise and into mega Evilise. The next game that we're going to tackle today is Final Fantasy XII, a game that I think at least Casey and I feel really strongly about. I don't know. Do you like XII? Yeah, I've heard good season? things about this game. Yeah, you would. <laughs> Uh, 12 is a game that has an incredibly rich musical score. It really does. It has a rich. It's, it honestly has one of the most 
vibrant worlds I've ever explored in any game. And uh, Casey's going to lead us in today with his... This is actually one that he rearranged for his Piano Collections album. I don't know if you're going to say that, Casey, but... It is one of the ones I arranged. Uh, it's Dalmasca Estesand. I've There's a couple of points that I kind of mentioned in the liner notes of the FF12 Piano Collections. So I'm just kind of reiterating that and some other thoughts that I had. So, Dalmasca Estesand. Uh, there's something about the world of Ivalice that makes it feel more tangible than other game worlds. You visit the world in different incarnations and stages of its history, but the end of the game is not the end of Ivelisse's story. The full scope of the world can't be seen, but its finer details can be enjoyed by the player for years. It's champagne gaming. Final Fantasy XII was the first game where you could explore the vastness of Ivelisse in vivid detail without moving square by square. That was a burn on FF Tactics, thank you very much. This track is the music that represents the first step of this adventure, both for Vaughn and the player. The song feels vast and dynamic, and promises an exciting experience. However, it's not as welcoming a tone as heard in Tactics Advance. There is still danger present at all times. The message of the song is, you can go anywhere, as long as that level 40 T-Rex doesn't catch you. Which yeah. he always will. He always will. Yeah, one hit kill. So here we go, Dalmasca Estesand. Without further ado... Final Fantasy XII came out on Halloween of 2006. Uh, that night, I dressed up as Zell from Final Fantasy VIII, went to EB Games, ate free pizza, took the game home, and played up to the point where you got to run out in the desert as Vaughn. And that track was probably the first track in the game that really hit me. The, the rest of the music was all really good up until that point, but I heard that track and I was like, yes, I'm so excited to explore this world and play this game. Mm. And that's where I left off for the night, just because I, I ended on such a high note. I didn't, I didn't want to continue going. Yeah, combined that music combined with like the big open sky, and it, yes. you sort of start on the top of like a, a hill, and you can see down, and there's a T Rex, and there's wolves, and you can 
see forever. Yeah, and it's, it's such a moment. unique setting too, because a lot of you know a lot of Final Fantasy games, the ones prior to that, we had seven, eight, nine, seven was very tech heavy, and and eight had its own sort of tech futuristic thing going on, and then nine was a return to the classic, and then ten of Spear is a very vibrant world, and so for twelve to start in a really like a harsh desert environment, but it it has such the, the, it's a desert, but it's full it has of character. life. Yeah, it's full of life, yeah. and that song lended a lot to that because it was like this is such a unique environment and such a cool place to start the game so yeah i, I the, the danger track. and beauty coming back yeah absolutely yeah i think that's the strength of all of the evilist games but especially 12 because like Casey said, 12 is the first time you're not on a grid. 12 is – here's the here's Ivalice. You only get to see a tiny part of that world, and I think that's one of the reasons why, even though parts of the gameplay I, I, I don't remember as fondly of, of 12, like towards the end, but the overall experience of the game is such a great one because you are not seeing all of Ivalice. Ivalice is going to go on well beyond you and, you know, the petty struggles of man and the Alcuria. This is just mm-hmm. a tiny chunk of this world, and you get out there and you're like, this is so massive, and there's so much more of this world here, which Squaresoft – Please make Square Enix. Sorry, old school. Please make another game like 12. But that track really just captures that sort of like you're coming out of here. It's nothing like the other Final Fantasies because they have the whole world. You've got your forest. You get your snowy area. You got your volcano area. 12 you have such you have this really consistent and there's lots of variety within that that setting but you have this like mediterranean deserty setting and mm-hmm. i think that song does a great job of telling you that this is still going to be a final fantasy adventure but you're in a different you're in a different place you are it, 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 i'm going very round the drain here but to say it gives you a sense of place you know yeah. i think that's a, a big reason why i i, I don't want to take away from 12 but that's why final fantasy 14 feels so appealing because the the world of well it's, the world of final fantasy 14 is actually called hydalane and the specific region that it takes place in is called Arizea, but it feels very Final Fantasy XII to me. It, it feels very East in general. It's got that sort of... Mediterranean is, is exactly how I would describe it, so that's why I'm excited to play that game. And, and the um, Yoshida characters. Yeah, yes. and, and Yoshida, exactly. Yoshida designs... Yoshida is an amazing artist. And the dots between the zones. And the dots much... between the zones. I was I just saw about that, to say that. Hey! Yeah, in Final Fantasy XIV, <laughs> there are the little dots with zone lines. I, I definitely enjoyed that. So moving on to our next tracks, we're going to be playing one of my absolute favorite Final Fantasy songs ever. And this, I really mean it this time. This isn't just, oh, I love this song. It's my favorite. This is literally, when I when I said earlier that sometimes I couldn't tell you like, oh, I picked this Sakimoto song or pick this song from, you know, a game. This is the opposite of that. This is whenever somebody says Final Fantasy XII, I immediately think of Seeking Power, which is actually by Hayato Matsuo, not Sakimoto. But first of all, it fits in incredibly well with Sakimoto's tracks along with, I, th- I think this the, all the composers did a great job working together there. But this just has so much atmosphere and just it's so evocative and i just i really really love it and we'll talk about it more after we listen to it and then coming up after that we have a track that i think you picked eric which is the boss theme which is another solid solid track but i don't want to talk too much we got coming up seeking power and boss battle
So as I said before, Seeking Power is just, it's so evocative and just those high notes on the piano. It's, it's, when I was younger, I would always say the piano is my favorite instrument. And I, I think to an extent it still is mine because of just the range of expressions that are possible with it. And uh, again, yeah. not an expert, but this is, this is, I'm trying to te- reteach myself because I took jazz lessons for a while. And oh, cool. I think this song really just demonstrates how powerful it, the range is because the, just that one piano part that, kind of thing is just I, I was telling the guys while we were listening to it my best friend and i bought a copy of the collector's edition the day it came out and we're playing the game we're, we're kind of alternating and so he's playing it and he gets to paramita rift and the song starts and within five seconds i said stop it stop he goes what i go where are you paramita rift and i went online i was like i have to find this song and it's called it's not called paramita rift so i was i couldn't find it and i was like did they not put this on the soundtrack it's the best thing in the game and fortunately they did it's called seeking power but it's one in a very large collection of fantastic songs it and is really gorgeous yeah it's it's one of the best like um evocative is the word you use and that's the best word because just the the design of it how you have that really high piano thing and then this kind of really yeah driving thing underneath and then the actual environment is like you're in this sort of frozen basin and then these really tall cliffs and you can sort of like the wind overhead is like that piano line and then you've got the these undead skeletons in this freezing cold ice that you're fighting on and it's just like the music is so well like suited uh, lined up with that imagery yeah yeah it, it feels like you're at the end of the world almost the at least yeah. the end of the end of the world that they're allowing you to go to in that game very desolate yeah that it that isn't that's pretty much as far as you can go in that in that direction in ff12 isn't it i think so yeah because you further explore you know evil east but you go you go south. elsewhere yeah you go yeah. south at the end i think so I, I pretty much agree with everything you guys said. I can't really add to it. I just think that it's it's a very good evocative piece and it does a good job of representing that that harsh, cold environment. And I really like your comment about the piano being like the wind overhead, the cliffs, because I can, I can really visualize that. So it's good. What I like about boss battle is it's the the way that it's it's not like a like you think of a really rocky like FF7 FF8 boss battle theme really suits that type of gameplay. But a lot of the boss battles in 12 are do boil down to kind of battles of attrition unless you're really over leveled. So there's the battles are kind of like these longer struggles, and the boss battle theme Sakamoto wrote is kind of that sort of just like you know desperately trudging along, and then it really fits that style of gameplay really well. I think mm-hmm. I agree. It has it it, it feels. There's movement to the song. Like it starts mm. out, and you you have your characters moving around. And you have this. It's it's not as focused as an earlier Final Fantasy, where you're in one square arena, trading blows back and forth, and that's it. That's very or like intense. guitar solo screams. Yeah, it, exactly. It's it's not Uematsu, and I think again this suits Evilise and the style of game twelve was much better. A boss theme with less showiness, but more weight. Absolutely, which is probably something you could say about the whole soundtrack. Yeah, it's a running theme for Sakimoto and Matsuno as a team. Derek, what do we got next? We've got two more tracks from Final Fantasy XII. Um, these are both ones that I picked. I picked the Sky City of Bujerba, which is one of one of the most beautiful environments in Ivalice. It's that floating island with uh, the Marquis Ondor, as they say. And uh, as everybody who watched Mega 64 knows, it's the infamous, I'm Captain Bosch! <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, I don't mean to interrupt that thought. But I was on YouTube looking up these songs, and on Sky City of Bujerba, some guy who made his account name Captain Vosh von Ronsenberg said, you may have heard that I have, you may have heard that I'm still alive. This is not a lie. I, I'm constantly, like, referencing that. I'm always like, hey, you guys know about Ondor? Yeah, you better not believe his lies. Like, 
It's ridiculous. But anyway, so Sky City of Bujerva, and following that, a really unusual inclusion on the soundtrack. It's Clash on the Big Bridge, based off of the original composition by Nobuo Uematsu. This is a Hitoshi Sakimoto slash bass escape rearrangement of it, and it plays in a fight against Gilgamesh. He makes his appearance as one of the marks in the game. He's an elite mark, and I actually never fought him when I played through the game myself. So I'm currently in the middle. Well, I say I'm in the middle of it. It's been like two months since I played my most recent playthrough. But uh, one of my main goals when I restarted the game was I really wanted to get to Gilgamesh and fight him since the music is so good. So we're going to take you up to the skies of Bujerba and down to the big bridge. Take a listen. Gerugamesh! Gerugamesh! Oh, God.
I was saying one of the things that I really love about those tracks, and again, I'm going to start at the back there, but with Clash on the Big Bridge, it's like Sakimoto took the Gilgamesh track, added his very, very signature kind of string, like that kind of thing, and it's a style that he doesn't normally, like that is not the style Sakimoto normally does. That's an Uematsu rockin' piece right there, and he took it and just made it his, and it's yeah. so good. One of the things that, uh, uh, Derek, you never made, you said you never made it to the fight, but they, they did such a, it's a, it's such a unique fight in that game because as you're fighting Gilgamesh, he's doing all this crazy stuff. Like, you'll hit, do a certain amount of damage, and he'll pull out another sword. He'll pull out the Buster Sword, and then he'll do a little more. He'll pull out a gun blade. You're like, whoa, what is going on? Did you just kill Cloud and Squall? Oh, yeah, good point. What happened to them? Yeah, well, you know, maybe Gilgamesh yeah, beat them, wonder. and then Vaughn showed up and killed him with his abs or something. But it was... Yeah, scary skeleton <laughs> abs. That is a the, the ultimate failure of the PlayStation 3's texture memory right there. Two? Or, yeah, PlayStation 2. PlayStation 2. Uh, start the podcast again. Oh, yep, gosh. start over from the very beginning. From the very Wipe beginning. PS3, come on. <laughs> messed up. You've done good. Search. Yeah, I, I, that's a, a fight in the game that's really memorable, and it's really cool having that little more orchestral Sakimoto edge on such a classic tune. Yes, I like that one a lot. And obviously I love Sky City of Bujoba. That was the first song that I worked on as a in a piano style for Sakimoto. And yeah, I mean, I, I, it's got a really memorable melody, which is not always the priority already in, in Sakamoto tunes, but it has a really nice flowing melody, I th- which I like. I think that's a really good point, and actually, I, forgive me, I'm not trying to stroke your ego here, but I actually oh, prefer the arranged version. <laughs> I actually prefer the arranged version because I think you got to the heart of that melody really well. That's It's something that... I, I'm, I'm a big melody person, and that's why, again, if someone says, pick an amazing composer, I may not say Sakimoto right off the bat. I'll think about it and go, yeah, definitely Sakimoto. But I think you really distilled it down, and that's why I like the Bujerba track. But it's kind of a weird inversion, because now when I hear the soundtrack version, I'm like, oh, I want to go listen to the piano version. But the, you're right, the melody was the thing I wanted to highlight. Like, I thought that that is the soul of this piece. And Absolutely. the sort of the bouncy, ba, 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 those sort of bouncy chords sound nicer when you do them all slow and arpeggio-like. As you know, I, I tend to evaluate things by comparing them or by talking about some kind of memory that I have associated with them. So mm-hmm. Bujerba, I pick because not only do I really like the song, but it's floating islands. You know how I feel about floating islands. So I was really glad to see them explore that in Final Fantasy Twelve Revenant Wings, which um, I just mm-hmm. wanted to make a note here. Final Fantasy Twelve Revenant Wings, we didn't pick any tracks from that soundtrack because it doesn't have one. Um, all of the tracks on Final Fantasy Twelve Revenant Wings were actually just sort of like DSified versions of the FF12 music. So if you're wondering why that isn't represented here, there's the reason. Yeah, and so. some of them are actually pretty cool, like uh, Destiny, which a lot of people consider Balthier's theme, especially in Revenant Wings because it plays almost every time he's on screen. If you if you got into the kind of thing we said earlier where sometimes you want to hear a retro sound or like a lower fi crunchier sound, it's really cool to like, you know, to pop onto YouTube and listen to some of Sakimoto's stuff from 12 and then hear it in this lower fi kind of DSified version. Absolutely. Well, to round out our Ivalice coverage today, we're going to leave Final Fantasy 12 and jump back into the portable system, this time two screens instead of one. Final Fantasy Tactics A2 was the sequel to Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, and it actually has a soundtrack composed very largely of... Final Fantasy Tactics Advance 1 songs. It does have a few original tracks, but uh, the first two tracks that we're going to play are, my pick was the main theme, composition by Nobuo Ematsu, and it was arranged by Bass Escape. This is very similar to the main theme of Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, but it has its own little flavor um, sort of in the instrumentation that you'll be able to hear. And then Steven picked the track Eternal Time, which was uh, by Hitoshi Sakimoto. So get your your listening hat on.
I like the main theme of Tactics Advance 2 or A2 because it has sounds similar to what you guys were talking about before. Like it's it's that it's it's almost like a, a lighthearted battle march, like preparing you for adventure. And it's mm. it's definitely a different flavor than the darker Evilly stuff. The Final Fantasy Final Fantasy 12 isn't quite as dark, but like Vagrant Story is is pretty dark overall so a2 brings it back to that that light feeling and when i hear that i just think of all the you know the the races and the bright colors used in the game's environments and everything so i think it's a really nice introductory song it, it's one of the songs that has stuck with me the most from the game mm. and then eternal time was steven's pick and that's also a nice it's a nice mellow piece it's a little melancholy but why did you pick that steven what do you like about it so much I think, it, I don't know, it has this like really nice kind of melancholic sense that it, it feels really melodic to me. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but it's it's just the layering of the strings and the piano. It's just, it really kind of, I've never played A2 and I, I kind of want to because, I mean, I love tactics, but just I heard the music from this and I was just struck at how gorgeous some of it was. And this was one of the songs that really stood out to me. I'd say A2 is pretty pretty easy to say that A2 is better than Advance 1. So if if you, you know, if you, you get, get a, a mix of songs from from advance and from 12 and a couple of new ones mm -hmm. so it's a nice sort of almost like a mixtape of sakamoto yeah. stuff it's the soundtrack yeah oh there there are a couple from 12 that's that's cool are they yeah are they arranged like or like they are DS some arranged? of them yeah kind of deacified like you said so is oh, that's uh cool. is is a2 the one that has Vaughn and Pinello and Alcid in it? Um, yes. Um, I was going to say the main theme. This is true of the tactics advance and advance too. It's like a it's like a nice little like a cartoon theme song from the nineties or something. Like it's it's got this really nice like you can imagine the opening credits with all the tactics kind of characters. Mm -hmm. It's got and, a synth yeah. That, that is like, yeah. That's a, yeah, is that like a, a harpsichord point. synth kind of. Yeah, like, it opens I with really... that harpsichord thing and and then yeah. a really kind of childlike melody. It's really quite lovely. And it's it, it's very different from what you would expect out of like the more brutal, bloody tactics games. But I think it, it definitely suits them very well. Yeah, you wouldn't expect it from Sakamoto, but if you task him with write something kind of cute, then he actually can write a really nice, charming melody. That still sounds like him too, which I which I like. Yes. All right. Well, our final track for the day is from it's also from Tactics A2, and it's again I haven't played the game, but I heard this track and. I think Derek can attest to this. I heard it, and I said, my God, this is gorgeous. And then I, I messaged Derek on Facebook, and I said, hey, have you heard this? Listen to it. And he goes, oh, that is really great. And then the next day, I heard it again, and I said, this is awesome. And I texted Derek, and I said, hey, listen to this. And he said, you already sent this to me. I said, well, listen again. It's great. So uh, the final track is that, that, Sorrow. That happens, yeah. Yeah, I do that a lot. Sorry. Uh, Steven is very excitable. Steven's everything is always like 100, 100%. Yeah. Derek, listen oh, yeah, to this. So anyways, this is Sorrow by Hitoshi Sakimoto.
What I really love about that, just those chords and that piano, it's, again, I, I've said this like about a couple of the piano tracks we've listened to, but it's just, it really grabbed me. Like, I just, I, I felt emotion, and sometimes with game music, you can get the emotion from it without having played the game, and other times you need to have played the game. And I think in this case, especially, this is by Sakimoto, this does extraordinarily well outside of its context. Just, I love it. It just, it reminds me of something out of, like, a sad moment in Chrono Trigger. I, I was saying, if this is a game over song, I would hear this and feel like the world had ended. Just like, oh, God. No. Very delicate. So anyways, that was our last track. So Derek, do you want to give us a couple of new releases we got coming out? We haven't done this in like a month. So it's been a little while since we've gone over the upcoming releases, but I'm going to go ahead and share everything that's coming out for the next month or so. So the first thing that's coming up is there's the VGO Live at Symphony Hall album coming out. They actually came out on their Kickstarter. It was supposed to be scheduled for April, but they've they've postponed it, I think, to May. That's showed in a comma and the Video Game Orchestra's performance in Boston. Or, uh, I think it was in February, but uh, that was kickstarted and i i'm pretty sure it's coming sometime in may it looks to be great and after that the toki toa ost that's also known as time and eternity for those of us in america the game is going to be coming out in i believe july it's slated for yes but we've got the soundtrack coming out on may 24th and that features music by yuzo koshiro we actually played some of the music from that on our podcast i forget which one it was was it like was it our end of the year yeah it was the end of the year show i think don played it Mm -hmm. yeah so there's there's some good music on that so that's that one's definitely worth looking forward to Shortly after that, there is the Elmenage Gothic Um Zakir Toyami no Gishiki soundtrack. It's like some combination of Japanese and, I don't know, Nordic. That comes out on May 29th because we can't get enough Mugen Souls. There's a Mugen Souls Z original soundtrack coming out here. And by coming out, I mean it came out May 1st because it's already past May 1st. Following that, the Persona 4 Arena original arranged soundtrack coming out May 10th. This is actually just the music that is on the sampler CD. If you pre-ordered Persona 4 Arena, you got that little disc that has about six tracks on it and the Shin Megami Tensei 4 sound and art collection comes out May 24th which makes me go I can't wait for that soundtrack yeah and thankfully we're going to be getting some kind of soundtrack with the game in case you guys hadn't heard Shin Megami Tensei 4's first print is going to come with a design and guidebook as well as a soundtrack and a really snazzy big box I believe this is actually the album that we're going to get the sound and art collection I think it's six or seven tracks of arranged music from the game I I could be wrong on that but I'm, I'm I think that's what this is. Well, I don't care. I want it all. I'm going to eat it up. Shin Megami Tensei in my veins forever. We are SMT fan after all. But anyways. Shin Megami Tensane for it. <laughs> that's Tensanity. Tensanity. All right. Before we get into <laughs> That's all bad... I had to add to that section. Thanks very much. <laughs> before Thanks, we get Casey. On with the show. Before we get into bad puns, that's the end of the show today. I, we hope you enjoyed it. Ivelisse is a fantastic world, and I think, as we've seen by the preponderance of Sakimoto track here, he had a huge hand in crafting this. The other tracks by like Matsudo and Ayako Sasso were also fantastic, but it's a great topic. Casey, thank you again for using your Saturday morning to chat music with us. It was a total blast. No it's really fun. We, we always have a great time doing this, and I'm, I'm happy that you were able to enjoy it too. And again, for the listeners, as always, feel free to send us suggestions, ideas for topics, things you want to hear. You can email us, uh, Derek at RPGFan.com, Stephen M at RPGFan.com. You can go to the message boards. You can please do rate us and review us on iTunes because that makes us more popular on iTunes, and then more people will listen and love on music. Please do. Yes. We beg you. So, as is our tradition when we have a guest on the show, we said beforehand, Casey, pick a track. If it's terrible, we're going to kill you. It's not what we yep. said. But... No, no, that's what we said. Those were the guidelines we laid we? out. Yep. Yes, that is what so, I said, but we won't actually kill him. The stakes have well, never I, been higher, regardless, Casey. Regardless, <laughs> I chose the track with knowing my life was on the line. Yeah, there you go. This music is serious business. What I chose was kind of appropriate because the song is called Walking in Ivelisse. 
which is kind of what we've been doing with our discussion. I get and it. And this is from – yeah. <laughs> see what I did there? Uh, it's from FF Tactics Advance. And I was actually cho- had to choose between this one and the uh, Companions That Surpassed Their Races as my main choice, and I thought i got to have both. And again, the reason I chose this was because when Sakamoto does go cute with his melodies, then if you combine that with his complex style, then the result is irresistible. So this is Walking in Ivalice from Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Mm-hmm. 